Hello, and welcome to the post-production podcast, so-called because we find ourselves recording this shortly after a production. I'm Kiri. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to the post-production podcast. So the productions we normally do are like film, video, you know, like soundstage type productions. But today we're going to talk about something else that we've been involved in. We were both, in different ways, part of the school musical this year. And it was insane. Rachel was in it. I did sound effects. And opening week was insane. How was it, Rachel? I legitimately was hallucinating at a few points throughout the week from sheer sleep deprivation. So I'd say it went pretty well. It was a production week. We had three dress rehearsals back to back. The first of which was nine or ten hours long, and the following were pretty much also that long. They gradually improved. Gradually, yes. It was definitely Monday night. Monday night was the worst. Yeah. We were wondering if we needed to cancel the show. Right. It was a yikes. But Wednesday was a success, so we were like, okay, we got this. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, Rachel, have you been involved in any musicals before? That is an interesting question. So I grew up doing like musical theater performances, but I've never done a full production. I've always done scene projects. So like I'll perform as part of a scenes group and do scenes from different musicals or Mm -hmm. songs from different musicals, but I've never done a full production start to finish except for this one. So that's cool. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you showed me that video of you doing uh, What Is This Feeling from Wicked. 14-year-old Rachel doing What Is This Feeling. I was really stricken by the acting. Oh, I just want to say. There was a lot of single-hand movements. Yeah. So I would stand in place and I would sing, What Is This Feeling? So sudden and new. I would move my head just very slightly to convey a lot of really deep acting principles that you don't know anything about. Very, very deep principles. I've never been in like an actual musical. I've done church plays that involved music, but I don't count that. that um, that's fair. Because it's normally like Christmas music. Like there was this one church play that was an original written by my mom and this other lady. And we were all Christmas presents. I was a baby rattle, and like we we all hid in these giant boxes on the stage. Oh dear! So it, it, this was like the youth group and like the older kids, and the little kids walked around singing Christmas carols between scenes, and we would have our little lines and blah 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 blah. Let's talk about this thing about Christmas, and then there's a related song, and okay, now let's talk about this thing and another song. So like you know, just things like that. I think the most recent Christmas church play I was in was a year or two ago. My brother and I did puppets, and my sister was, like, telling the Christmas story to the little kids. Aww. And every once in a while, they would break and sing songs. That's that's all it was. Sounds very educational. Very educational. Yeah, as a former children's ministry intern, I definitely have a soft spot for children's pageants. I'm not a kid person. Wow. No, they're they're disgusting and unpredictable and high maintenance and loud. See, that's why I like them, because it's nice to meet fellow loud human beings. Loud and high maintenance. Yeah, yeah, and I don't care if they're <laughs> 15 years younger than me. I will relate to them, and I will enjoy every second with them. Oh, well, yeah, no. So the <laughs> <laughs> the only, like, real play I was in was for a drama camp. When I was 14, I was a goat. Oh, boy. I cannot remember for the life of me what this play was called, but I, I was a goat. Everybody talked in the third person, so I had lines in English. Congratulations. So I was like, 
but the story follows the goat. So, like, do you, do you want to hear the story? Go for it. Keep in mind, I was 14. It was the tale of this dude and his billy goat, and I cannot remember the dude's name. Basically, they were best friends, and then the dude meets a girl, and he starts spending all his time with her, and the goat gets jealous. So he eats, this is a male goat, he eats the girl's bright red shawl, <laughs> and then the girl's mad because the goat ate her shawl, so she breaks up with the guy. Oh, I thought you were going to say she breaks the goat. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that took a violent turn. <laughs> the, the original script says he goes to a bar and gets drunk. <laughs> But this is a very, very conservative Christian college where this happened. So they said he goes to a restaurant and gets depressed. My goodness. So that's, he, he walked out depressed, you know. And, and, you know, because he was so depressed, he didn't realize he was in the middle of a train track. <gasps> and he passed out because he was depressed. <laughs> my and eyes are popping out of my skull. <laughs> <laughs> and of course there's a train coming so the goat like tries to wake him up and everything and it's just not working because you know he's, he's passed out because he's depressed <laughs> so the goat finally decides to sacrifice himself he like leans down you know gets ready to stop the train with his horns and then he has an idea he throws up the bright red shawl that he ate a while ago as one does and flags down the train and it stops because goats can flag down trains uh, then the girl likes the goat because he saved the guy's life, and then they get married. She, she marries the guy, and, you know, happily ever after, that's a story. That is the weirdest story I've ever heard. And also, I kind of thought you were going to say the goat and the guy got married. <laughs> I was kind of there for that, but uh, that is the weirdest story I've ever heard, and that's really saying love. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an Irish folktale, and I cannot remember what it's called. So if anybody knows what it's called, please just... Carrie's life tell will me. be complete if you tell her what that story is called. Yeah, and I deleted all the pictures because I was 14 and didn't like that I looked like a goat. Because there were four different productions during that drama camp, and I was the only animal. Like, the only person playing an animal. So, like, all the girls got to do their hair and makeup all pretty and wear the cute dresses, and I looked like a goat. I, I was a little self-conscious. That's hilarious. In the musical we're doing right now, I definitely at one point played the trophy wife of a werewolf ringmaster? He's apparently a boob guy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the trophy wife dresses scandalous. Yes. Uh, Sorry, that was a weird way to say that. Scandalous. 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 Yes. Uh, anyway, ju just it was just scandalous on the top part, though. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's <laughs> not a good situation. But it looks yeah. leopard print from offstage, but in reality it's this polka dot conglomeration of tan and yellow and maroon and white like the, the worst combination of colors yeah and these huge long puffy sleeves okay i call it the cage dress because i legitimately cannot take a deep breath while i'm wearing it yeah it looks like it looks like cheetah print or something from where i sit in the the hideout with all the technology the first time i saw it i was like mm. <laughs> they let her wear that yeah i know <laughs> What's your favorite musical? Oh, man. Okay, without a question, Newsies. Okay, I'm not terribly familiar with that one, but I know it's very popular. Newsies is one of the greatest productions of our ever created. Okay. And I will defend that sentiment until I die. Not to be dramatic or anything. Yeah, <laughs> not to be dramatic, but I would die for the Newsies production. So basically, it's the story of the child labor protests in New York City in the early 20th century sometime maybe late 19th century, I don't know. 
I'm not a history major. Uh, but <laughs> I was almost a history major. Really? Yeah. Wow. Rabbit trail for another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it has amazing music. It's all really up-tempo, inspirational, banner-carrying music, and awesome dance breaks. Oh, man. It is so good. Also, Christian Bale was in the 90s movie adaptation. I think I knew that. Yeah. So it just made me like it even more because Christian Bale. Also, apparently it was, re- it was released as the Newsboys in the United Kingdom. That's a Christian band name. Yeah, it, it just sounds like a ripoff of the band I grew up listening to. Yeah, so going back to the plot, the Newsies every morning in order to make their living wage have to buy newspapers and then resell them for a slightly higher price, right? But then Pulitzer starts jacking up the price of the newspapers every morning to make more money. And finally, they're like, you know what? No, we're not going to buy your dumb, crazy, expensive newspapers. <laughs> we're going to go on strike, suckers. And then they go on strike, and the pretty young reporter covering the strike falls in love with the leader of the strike, this cute dude named uh, Yak. That's actually his name. Just kidding. His name is Jack. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is so cute. Their little love story. The soundtrack will make you laugh, cry, and want to dance your pants off. It is so good. Yeah, it's definitely on the bucket list because it's so iconic. Uh, but I don't know much about it. I don't know what my favorite musical is. I've seen a lot of musicals in, like in the past few years. Uh, I know the very first musical I ever saw was The Sound of Music, so that always has a special place in my heart. But my all-time favorite, uh, I don't know... Uh, I really like Hello Dolly, maybe just because it was a production they put on last year and it was so well done. I like Big Fish. That's the the musical we were a part of. I can't make up my mind. It's also good. I feel like probably a close runner up and I cannot believe I'm saying this out loud, but I saw a Book of Mormon on Broadway when I was 15 or 16. Were you old enough for that? Uh, yes. Okay. I, yeah, no, I still can't (laughs) believe that out of all the musicals on Broadway, my group of friends ended up wanting to see Book of Mormon, but it was cheap, well, as cheap as Broadway tickets get. (laughs) I purposely didn't research it at all before I went, mostly because I was afraid to listen to music that was rated explicit on Spotify. So we went and I was thoroughly appalled by some of the music just because it has very strongly sacrilegious themes, which is kind of the whole running joke of the Book of Mormon. But overall, it was hilarious. It was quite engaging. It was a super good storyline. It's one of the storylines that is so frustrating. It has you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, But afterwards, you're like, you know what? That was a very cathartic plot line. And uh, the guy that played the lead was pretty good looking. So that definitely helped. Didn't Neil Patrick Harris play the lead at some point? I think he did. You're probably right. I think at at least when it opened, Mm -hmm. I think. I think that's true. I have never seen that one, but I have heard good things about it. Um, I like Wicked. I like Hamilton. Those are the cliche ones. I, I, saw, Li- oh, I, I saw Liquid in London. I saw wi- <laughs> I did see Liquid in London. There's the whole Thames River. Um, I saw Wicked in London when I went to London over the summer. Uh, so that was fun. It was quite an experience. Oh, my roommate actually saw Wicked in London this summer, too. Really? Yeah. I wonder if we saw it at the same night. But yeah, we got the cheapest tickets we could find, which were in like the back row of the nosebleed. So we paid a pound for these like these tiny little binoculars so we could see a little better. But it was still just a great, great show. Yeah. Uh, and then my brother saw it when he was in London like a month later. And his seats were way better because he didn't have to pay for them. But uh, it was still quite an amazing show. And I listened to the soundtrack so much after that. Yeah, the soundtrack to Wicked is crazy. I've never seen the full show on stage, but somebody gave me the soundtrack on CD, 
after I sang that excerpt my freshman year. And so I finally listened to the CD all the way through. Like, I'd listened to just select songs I knew, like Defying Gravity and stuff, but I'd never listened to the full soundtrack all the way through until I drove to college at the very beginning of my freshman year, and I ran out of cell service, so I couldn't stream music anymore. I was like, time to dig out the CDs, boys! And so I'm just, like, driving through rural Arkansas, screaming along to the Wicked soundtrack in the pouring rain. It was (laughs) dope. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I listened to Hamilton the first time my freshman year, drive, driving to college for the first time, and I was like, I need something that's going to last a long time because i got a five-hour drive. Hamilton it is, and that's what everybody's listening to these days, so I'm going to see what all the hype is about. And I liked it. I, I still like it. I have favorite songs that I like more than others. Like, some of them are really depressing, and I'm like, and, and, well, the thing is, is based on a true story. That's those, the worst those part. Those get pretty depressing. That's like, have you ever seen the play Radium Girls? I have never heard of it. Oh my goodness. It messed me up. My high school did Radium Girls. It sounds awful. Yeah. Um, pro- they did it probably my sophomore year. And I just remember I had never cried so hard at a live performance before. <laughs> um, it was a very strange feeling. And mostly because I didn't expect it to be what it ended up being. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, it sounds like a band name. Right? Yeah, it sounds kind of lighthearted. So I was like, oh, it's probably just like some teeny bopper play that the drama department is doing. No. (laughs) So (laughs) Radium Girls is based off a historical true story of this group of women that worked in a factory painting these like glow-in-the-dark dials. Um, And of course they did so with like radioactive paint. And um, so they were taught while they were painting these dials to touch the paintbrush to their lips to get it to form a point. So they were ingesting all of this radioactive mercury as Mm -mm. their time went on. No, no, no. Yeah. And so once they all started getting super sick, um, you know, coughing up blood and growing horrific tumors and bones breaking and, oh, my gosh, it's so sad. And the characters start slowly dying off one by one. And once they figure out it's the radium, then they start trying to take legal action. But the play ends up being a tragedy because they all die before justice can be served. That. That sucks. Yeah, it messed me up. So that's what I think of any time I think of sad productions about true stories. I'm like, ah, yes, my traumatic experience at Radium Girls. Yeah, that that would really, yeah, that would traumatize you. Right? Yeah, no, I really liked Hamilton, though, um, despite its depressing themes. (laughs) Um, Probably until my 13-year-old sister got crazy obsessed with it. Um, yeah, and now I don't admit to anyone that I like Hamilton, except I'm admitting it right now. But in general, I will not partake in Hamilton anymore because my sister is obsessed with it. And, of course, we can't share things we enjoy with our siblings. Of course not. I've always liked the musicals they've put on here at school. Like, my freshman year, they did one called The Boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And that, I actually didn't like that one. Really? Yeah, it was just kind of, like, especially compared to the productions they've put on since, it was probably the least impressive it was cute. That was about it. It was a small cast, and the sets weren't terribly impressive, and the musical numbers weren't terribly impressive, but, like, it was a cute story, and after that, they did a show called Title of Show, and that was an impressive show, and they worked very hard on it. It was also a small cast and not really much of a set, but apparently the songs were really hard, and, of course, I couldn't tell because they were doing it so well, and, like, the acting was amazing. It was another fun one, and, of course, Hello, Dolly was next. The Fantastics was last yeah. spring. Yeah, I liked that one too. 
Fantastics is a very, very weird storyline. It is. But the music is super fun. It is. I definitely have more of a soft spot for the Fantastics, mostly because I did a song called Much More as an audition song for a long time, and that song is from the Fantastics. Um, I was always sad because I never did the monologue at the beginning of Much More because it took a super long time. It was like a minute long, and the vamp wasn't actually written into my piano music. But the monologue is pretty much the best part of the song. Because the main character, Louisa, is like this hormonal teenage girl. And she just goes on and on and on about her feelings about boys because she's discovering romance and feelings. And so the whole musical is this super weird story retelling of Romeo and Juliet. But they're they're like neighbors and they have this wall in between the house. And the dads are secretly trying to get their kids to fall in love and all this stuff. It's so weird. But the music is beautiful. Okay, so in my playlist of show tunes, I have What Is This Feeling? That's the song Rachel sang at yeah. one time. Yeah, as a 14-year-old girl, I might qualify. Girl. Girl. <laughs> uh, so I have a lot of Wicked songs. I have Dancing Through Life, Defying Gravity, Popular. That's the song that comes to my head whenever I think of Wicked. Is it popular? Um, one Short Day, and of course, a bunch of Hamilton songs. Uh, I also like Julie Andrews, I've noticed. So this is My Fair Lady. Oh, uh, like, yeah, My Fair Lady is so good. Yeah, like, wouldn't it be lovely? What, no, that's not how that goes. Wouldn't it be lovely? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could have danced all night and with a little bit of luck and just you wait. Um, I kind of remember how this song. I haven't wow, seen that, that was, musical that was in a like long a time. That was like a whole medley of My Fair Lady it all in one sentence. <laughs> I know. I am so talented. And some Sound of Music, Mary Poppins. Yeah, I like Julie Andrews. Um, if I were a rich man. Yup. That's a good musical. Yeah, and then a bunch of songs from Big Fish. Oh, yeah, the one we just did. Yeah, I like musicals where I enjoy the plot line just as much as I enjoy the music and the acting. Yeah. Because, I mean, you'll notice the way I analyze music is half the time I'll say, oh, the plot is super weird, didn't super enjoy it, but the music is incredible. Yeah. Or vice versa. I'll be like, crazy good story, terrible music. Or it's just a boring musical. So I love the classic (laughs) musicals like Fiddler on the Roof, where the plot is fun and the music is equally as fun. And you just get super invested in all the characters' lives by the end of the show. Yeah, my family watched Fiddler on the Roof over the course of like a month over the summer because it's such a freaking long movie. (laughs) You know, it it was good to get that exposure (laughs) to this very popular musical because I had never seen Fiddler on the Roof before that. Well, Hello, Dolly was kind of the same way. The story is just kind of, eh. Yeah. But um, the music is great. Like, the story you have, Dolly and Horace, and they've known each other before, but the other two couples, they just they, they just met, and they're like, it's true love. No, it's not. Not going to last. Sorry. But the songs are great. See, I, I kind of felt the opposite about Hello, Dolly. I've never super enjoyed any of the songs from Hello, Dolly as individual pieces, you don't hear them performed often as individual repertoire. You don't. I think music should be able to stand on its own. And so when I saw the show, I really enjoyed the plot line, and I really enjoyed the acting and dancing. But overall, I was like, honestly, it's not that any of the musicians are bad, because they all performed incredibly well. It's just that I didn't feel like the music was super engaging or well-written in a lot of ways. It was like, yeah, this is sufficient as a song, but it feels like you just put a song here because... You had to put a song in because it's a musical. How do you feel about Big Fish in that regard? I actually think Big Fish is. <laughs> <laughs> Big Fish. I actually think Big Fish is a. <laughs> okay, breathe, Rachel. 
I actually think Big Fish is a really good musical. And I think the thing that keeps Big Fish engaging as both a plot line and as a music production is that it skips around chronologically because that helps create some of the illusions and the magic that happens. Um, and that's pretty unique for a musical. And it's also a good amount of music because it's not too much music, but it's just enough music that you're not bored by long periods of, okay, when's the next song going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, so the orchestra isn't falling asleep at any point during Big Fish. Oh, no, no. Nobody's falling asleep at any point during Big Fish. Like, True there was that. There's so much happening all at once, all the time. I'm kind of glad it's over, but it was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I never realized how many songs were in that musical until I looked at the program, and I was like, uh, <laughs> like there, <laughs> there were like 10, 11, 12 songs in each act. There were so many. Yeah, it's a long score. They give cast members a book that's script and musical score in one binding, and the score is half the book easily. Yeah, I've seen it. It's Yeah, there's yeah. just as much music as there is script. And if you look at even like the album that they the original Broadway cast released on Spotify, they don't even have all of the songs on the album and it's still they a don't. crazy long album. One of my pet peeves with musicals is when they just randomly start singing just because it's a musical. <laughs> and like right. one of the things that I like about Big Fish is that they make fun of that at one point. Have you seen that part with the lighting change at the beginning of Daffodils? Yeah, I have. Because she's like, are you okay? And he just immediately starts singing. And yeah, no, it's funny. It is so funny. One of my favorite parts. And it's also that way with I Don't Need a Roof. She just starts singing and it's like a more serious song. So we can't really make fun of it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're listening to a song now. Oh man, it's really sad. Oh no. Pretty much. That's how it goes with I Don't Need a Roof. I don't like it. It gives me emotions. <laughs> what was the first musical you ever saw? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are ones when I was younger that I'm not remembering seeing, but I think the first one I saw live was maybe Fiddler on the Roof. That's the first one I remember seeing live, and I think I was probably 13 when I saw that one. Um, how about you? Is that why you like it so much? Hmm. No, I was already a big old fan of the movie, so I was really stoked to see it on stage. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think the, the first one I saw was The Sound of Music. So that one, uh, like I mentioned before, has a special place in my heart. I wouldn't say it's my all-time favorite now that I've seen more musicals. I've been exposed to a little bit more. Another one I saw when I was younger, I, I didn't see a lot of musicals when I was younger. I see, I've seen more of them since I've been to college <laughs> than mm -hmm. before. But I think I saw The Music Man, which is my dad's favorite musical. But I've only seen that one once. I've seen Kiss Me Kate. That was one I saw fairly recently. Uh, my grandma took me. But that one was weird. Yeah, it's a weird story. Yeah. I, I do feel like I say that about every musical, though. Honestly, they're all weird. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think about it, there's theater people, and then there's the people who write the stuff for the theater people. I mean, come on. Of course, it's weird. <laughs> I, I really like musicals. I wouldn't call myself a music person, necessarily. I'm not a musician or much of a singer. But I really like musicals, and I like listening to music. I, I am kind of a theater person. I'm really into acting. but Yeah, I saw Shrek the Musical in high school. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've never seen the Shrek movies. Me neither. I honestly have zero desire to see the Shrek movies. I wasn't allowed to see the Shrek movies. Yeah, neither was I. And then once I got old enough to see them, I just didn't want to. Sorry, Shrek fans. But um, I, I saw Shrek the musical, and I really, really enjoyed it, actually. I didn't agree with some of the subliminal messaging that they tried to sneak in there. They tried to take some weird social stances throughout this already weird musical about fairy tales. And... <laughs> I know this isn't a political podcast, 
But I was like, please keep your politics out of my music and off the stage. Please and thank you. I, I don't know. That's a me thing. I mean, I agree. But you like Fiddler on the Roof. True. But that's history. This was not history. This was just advancing someone's current political ideology. Through Shrek. Through Shrek. So you see where their priorities are. Yeah, of all the possibilities. That that was such a fun musical. And I think I like the music for a lot of the same reasons I like the Newsies story. In that it was fun. All the music was super upbeat. And it was meant to be sort of these inspirational power anthems. There's lots of good dancing and good acting, and it's a very engaging story overall. When I was in London, uh, there was, like, behind the London Eye, there was this entire building dedicated to putting on Shrek the Musical. I think that's what it was. Wow. I was like, why? <laughs> Those are some truly admirable priorities in life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I saw Wicked in, I think it was called Victoria Square, Victoria Area, something like that. Uh, and that's where most of the theaters are. So, like, Hamilton was just across the street. And I, I think there were some other ones, but Wicked and Hamilton were the popular ones to go to, of course. Uh, of course, popular. Popular. What's your favorite musical song? Well, all songs are musical, Carrie, but there are many good <laughs> songs that are in musicals. <laughs> See, the problem is right now I have this song from Shrek stuck in my head called uh, something like Let Your Freak Flag Wave or something like that. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, something like that. For the life of me, I can't remember any other songs that exist in the world right now. It's Monday. Oh, I did a song from Amelie, the musical, last year. Okay. Yeah, I had never heard of this musical. It's also an extremely odd plot line. Not surprising. It involves garden gnomes and love and Paris and scavenger hunts and spontaneous love at first sight. Romeo and Juliet. I I wish. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was another subtle retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but a Broadway retelling of the classic movie, Romeo and Juliet, (laughs) which is a great movie, I'd like to point out. So I did a song from this musical called Times Are Hard for Dreamers, and it was this cute little song about going to the big city, and the whole city is just waiting there full of opportunity. And people say that times are hard for people that dream, but times aren't hard for me, and I'm a dreamer. So it was a cute little inspirational ditty. Yeah. Uh, Did you do that for, like, a performance or something? I sang it at Nats, which is our state vocal competition. Okay. I'm not sure what my favorite song is. I have all these Big Fish songs stuck in my head right now. I like. I really like the on the road song. You know the da 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 out there on the road. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly how it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, I like the beginning of that song. He says something along the lines of uh, "wasting your life away while knitting you a sweater," and he sings it just like that. He's got his little knitting needles yeah. going, and, and the harmonica comes in, and it's like, "You can take a journey." It's a great song. Yeah. And right when you think you have the song figured out, like it's you know him serenading this giant, trying to motivate the giant to get over his agoraphobia and come out of the cave. Then the ensemble just comes on, of course, because it wouldn't be a good power anthem from a musical if the ensemble didn't randomly teleport onto the stage for no reason. I can see America, dependable and true. Yeah, we just come on, and they had been singing about traveling and spontaneity and all this stuff. And then there's me in my little apron, (laughs) and we all just show up and start singing about... America. Yeah, the open skies and passersby of America. Yeah. 
And then great. at the end, we're all like, da, 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 yeah, we just scream out there, out there on, on the road. road, on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Please come back to us. Yeah, and the, the, the high school girlfriend's <laughs> terrible. Like, Promise you'll return to us. Ready? On the road. <laughs> Wow, we we changed keys like four times in that retelling of this song. Yeah, Rachel's the one who's actually a singer. No, the best song goes a little something like this. Shim, shim, I'm a little lamb from Alabama. <sighs> that song is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Hot damn, who's a little lamb from Alabama? Oh, I'm a little miss. I'm going to strangle you. Praying for a kiss. Yeah, no, that is a song that I sing with two other girls in... Little floofy dresses and petticoats. The worst dresses in the universe. Yeah, they're pretty ugly. Yeah. And so we're in the in the musical, we're trying out for the circus. So we go sing a little song about how we're just little southern misses looking for a little shepherd boy to come guide us home. To feed us. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the most humiliating moments of my life. It's okay. I thought it was great. The dance was incredibly impressive. You try to do the Carl's ch- Carlston? The Charles. G- Charleston. <laughs> you try to do the Charleston listener. Uh, so, in conclusion, what have we learned today, Rachel? And so when we have It's probably copyrighted. In this book. So, today we learned that we're both musical nerds, and we are also both very tired, <laughs> and we appreciate you coming on this journey with us through our brain fry. Yes. We will see you next time for our second, second. episode of Post-Production Podcast. Until then, happy producing, Good happy acting, boy. happy singing. Oh, yes, happy singing. Happy shrekking. Oh, please don't. Goodbye now. Uh, goodbye.